Well, welcome to CLCC Online. Today, we pray that this message draws you towards Jesus and strengthens your walk with Him. We as a church believe that we are meant to do life in community. So if you live in the Fraser Valley area, we would love to get you connected into our family. You can find everything you need at our website, clcc.ca. Enjoy. When we first planned this series, Pastor Jim was supposed to share today on Ruth chapter two, but on recording day today, he got sick. So he asked me to jump ahead a week and do Ruth chapter three. So don't worry, if you think that you missed a week, you haven't. This is just being recorded and being spoken on out of sequence. We hope that you come back next week to hear Ruth chapter two. Over these next few weeks, we're going to be unpacking the wisdom found in the book of Ruth and seeing where we can apply some of the principles to our lives. Now, if you haven't read the whole book yet, I would encourage you that you could do this during your quiet time. It's only four chapters long, and you could probably read it under 10 minutes. It'd be great for you to get a feel for the whole book and give you insight to what we're talking about over these next few weeks the book of Ruth, the book of Ruth has been described as, as a brilliant work of theological art. It has been known to be well put together. If you've read this story before, you may have seen some similarities of these middle two chapters, chapter two and chapter three. The author puts a lot of symmetry in the story. At the beginning of both these chapters, we see Naomi and Ruth making plans. In chapter two, they're making plans on how to get food. And in chapter three, we're going to see the plan of of being made on how to get Boaz's attention. Then in the middle of chapter two, we see Ruth on the farm talking to Boaz, gathering food. And then in chapter three, we see Ruth on the farm again, talking to Boaz again, but this time seeing if there would be some interest in marrying her. Then both of these chapters, they conclude with this rejoicing. In chapter two, it's because there is food to eat. They don't have to be hungry. In chapter three, there's rejoicing because Boaz commits to do his best to marry Ruth. The author was quite brilliant in putting this whole story together. Now, throughout this whole story, the voice, the main voice is told from the perspective of a narrator. I think that the narrator invites us to reflect the question of how God is involved in our everyday lives, how, how he's involved in the situations, the good and the bad ones. In the series, we're, we're going to be talking about getting fresh starts in our lives. Now, if you weren't here last week, this might be like you're coming in at the, in the middle of a movie. So maybe we're going to catch you up just a little bit. In you know, week one, last week, we met two of the main characters of our story. Their names are Ruth and Naomi. Now, Ruth was married at one point to one of Naomi's sons. Now, tragedy hits this family where all the men in their family have died. Now, they, they didn't have the social systems to help out widows in that time. And if you didn't have kids, you wouldn't have the support of a family. And many of these women would have ended up homeless without a family, maybe ended up on the street just begging for food and for money. There, back then, there were no jobs for women. So Naomi decides to head back to Israel to be with her family. They, there, she had someone to take care of her. Naomi encourages Ruth to go back to her people, but Ruth decides to be loyal to her mother-in-law and goes back with her to Israel into a whole new world for Ruth with new traditions. She's leaving her old friends behind. 
her old ways behind, her family behind, and she's getting a fresh start. One of the things to note as we read this story is that God is not a visible character in this story. He actually never shows up. In a lot of the Old Testament stories, God shows up at the end to save the day, perform some miracle to get someone out of trouble, you know, part the Red Sea, get someone out of a furry furnace, but not here. Now, there isn't even a prayer recorded in this story for him to save anyone. The story gets laid out just as the narrator sees it. Now, although God isn't a main character, some of the characters mention him, but we don't hear what God is thinking or even see the plan that he might have for any of these characters. We may not see God or hear from him, but we know that God's providence is at work in every scene of the story. God is weaving together the circumstances and the choices of all these characters. Now, they might not be able to see this while this is happening, but in hindsight might see where God was at work. Now, Naomi thinks that God is punishing her, but actually the whole story is about God restoring her family, and he's doing this through through Ruth, a foreigner. For Jewish literature, the Jews would like to be their own hero. But here we see Ruth, this foreigner restoring this Jewish family through her boldness, her loyalty. And this is what brings healing to her and Naomi's life. It brings a fresh start. Now in in next week, in chapter two, we'll see how Naomi and Ruth find food at the beginning of the harvest. Back back in chapter two, we were introduced to the third main character of the story, and his name is Boaz. Now Boaz is a rich farmer who just happens to be Naomi's relative. Now, what we learn of Boaz is he's a man of noble character. He notices Ruth in his field, harvesting the leftover grain. And this was something that all the farmers practiced where they left behind the edges for the poor to just harvest themselves. As he finds out more about Ruth's story, he shows some amazing generosity to her. He goes out of his way to make sure that she has enough for herself and his relative, Naomi. Now, Naomi and Ruth find out that Boaz is their family redeemer. Now, I know this is a unique word. We don't say that anymore. It was a, it was a cultural practice. But what it means is that if a man in the family died and left behind a wife or children, it was the family redeemer's job to marry that widow buy her land, protect that widow, take care of her children, or give her children if she didn't have any, just to keep that family line going. So let's pick up our story this week in Ruth chapter 3, verse 1. Now you can turn there now in your Bibles, or you can always log on to your YouVersion apps. Now if you're on the YouVersion app, you can actually find our message notes there. Just hit the more button at the bottom right corner, and then events tab, and you should be able to find a pin at the map of, of both of our campuses, either at Aldergrove or in Abbotsford. But this is where we are going today. This is, this is the bottom line. God is at work in our lives, whether we know it or not. God is at work in our lives, whether we know it or not, whether we can identify it or not. So let's pick up the story this week. Ruth chapter three, verse one. One day, Naomi said to Ruth, my daughter, it's time that I found a permanent home for you so that you will be provided for. Boaz is a close relative of ours and he's been very kind by letting you gather grain with his young women. Tonight he'll be winnowing barley at the threshing floor. Now do as I tell you, take a bath and put on perfume and dress in your nicest clothes. Then go to the threshing floor, but don't let Boaz see you until he has finished eating 
and drinking. Now we see Naomi and Ruth make a plan. They are making a plan to get Boaz to notice Ruth and maybe, maybe get help from the situation that they find themselves in. Now, up to this point, many theologians think that Ruth has been wearing mourning clothes everywhere she goes, mourning the loss of her husband. Now, this would show everyone that sees her in public that she has lost someone close to her. This would show uh, other men that she's not available. But she's going to stop wearing her mourning clothes and put on her best clothes. <laughs> Naomi encourages her to, do, to, to look her best, smell her best. You know, taking a bath, wearing her best, she's putting her best foot forward. She's going to show signs that now she's available to be married. Ruth follows through with the plan that they've come up with. She heads to the threshing floor. Now, the farmers would sleep there to protect their harvest at night. Now, she somehow hides and Boaz doesn't see her as he comes in. But in the middle of the night, in probably the darkness of the night, Boaz rolls over and he's surprised to find someone lying at his feet. I know when I read this story, it seems a little strange, a little creepy. <laughs> but both Naomi and Ruth are doing their best to find a way to secure their future. They're looking for a fresh start and this is the plan that they've come up with. Now, apart from the weirdness and creepiness, I love what Ruth and Naomi do here. They take the opportunity that is in front of them. Sometimes you need just to take a step in the direction that you want to go in and see where you end up. Sometimes you just need to take a step. Where do you want to go? Just take a step towards that goal. So if you're looking for a fresh start, what's the next step that you can do? For Ruth, it was take a bath and change your clothes. Uh, I love that. Doing something as simple as that can change your mindset. Because she went from widow Ruth to available Ruth. She changed her message from stay away from me, I'm in mourning, to come close to me. I'm ready for a new relationships. I'm ready for a fresh start. Ruth changed her mindset. Naomi told her to take a bath and put on different clothes because that's what someone who's looking for a husband does. <laughs> so what does this look like for you? If you're looking for a fresh start, what does that look like for you? It, it kind of reminds me of the philosopher Dwight Schrute. Have you ever heard of him? Maybe, maybe, maybe this is what he meant when he said, whenever I'm about to do something, I think, would an idiot do that thing? And if they would, I would not do that thing. <laughs> okay, maybe they didn't do it exactly like that, but it's sort of a good question, isn't it? And maybe we could ask that question just a little different. This is what Ruth and Naomi did. They asked, what would someone who is trying to portray the, portray the message that they're willing to get married, how would they act? And they did it. Ruth took a bath. She put on some perfume. She wore her best clothes. If you're trying to live a healthy lifestyle, you could ask, how does a healthy person act? Ask yourself that and just do that. Before you know it, not only are you acting like a healthy person, but you are that healthy person. Maybe you're trying to get closer to Jesus. Maybe you could ask, how would someone act if they were trying to strengthen their relationship with Jesus and just do that? Ask yourself and just do that. Before you know it, not only are you acting like someone who has a growing relationship with Jesus, but you will actually have a healthy relationship with Jesus. Maybe, maybe, 
Maybe you're just sick of dating people that you know that you don't want to end up with. What if you asked? What if you asked this question? What would a person do who's looking for a godly spouse? And just start doing that. There's your fresh start. Now, I know. I know that some of you are thinking, Troy, that's, that's a very simple way to think about it. And, and I know that there are some habits and, and some behaviors that are really hard to break. And I know it won't be easy. But what would it look like for, for you just to try? Just to try and get that fresh start. Try to make the next move. This is exactly what Ruth did here. If, if, if I were someone who wanted to be married to a man like Boaz, what would I do? So she had a bath. She put on perfume and she changed her clothes. Because you can't get a new husband, husband when you're still dressed like you just came from your old husband's funeral. Let's pick up what happens after Boaz wakes up in the middle of the night. After he rolls over to find Ruth at his feet. Ruth chapter 3 verse 9 says this, Who are you? he asked. I am your servant, Ruth, she replied. Spread the corner of your covering over me for you are my family redeemer. Boaz, Boaz heads, or Ruth heads to Boaz's farm and makes her intentions very clear. She boldly asks Boaz to redeem her and her family, protect her family, in essence, marry her, help her keep her, fa- her husband's family line going. Boaz is amazed by Ruth's loyalty to her family and calls her a woman of noble character. It's actually the very same term that the author calls the woman in Proverbs chapter 31. So, Now, Boaz and Ruth come up with a plan. Boaz mentions that there is another family member, another family member that is closely related, more closely related than he is. And Boaz is going to check to see if that person wants to redeem her and her mother-in-law, Naomi. Now, Ruth, Ruth is to wait until the next day when Boaz will approach the town elders to see if the relative that is closer will redeem them. But I love this. I love that Ruth takes a huge risk because What if Boaz says no? Ruth didn't know what Boaz would say or do, but I love that she asked because even a no would give her clarity. Sometimes sometimes I think we can be paralyzed with analysis. For some of us, we love researching endlessly. Google is our best friend and we can get overwhelmed with different opinions. This expert says one thing. This expert says something totally different. And sometimes the more you look into something, the more you get overwhelmed with the options and you end up doing nothing. There were other men in that town that Ruth could have married, but Naomi and Ruth didn't overanalyze the situation. They took the opportunity that they had. The door that was open for them right then was Boaz. So they took a look. They asked the question. They took the risk. So if you're in the middle of a huge decision in your life right now, take the information that you have right now. Now, you you can even do something that Naomi or Ruth didn't do. You can pray about it. Talk to some trusted people in your life. Take all the information and then do what you think is best and believe that God will work through your decision. And if you fail... If you get a no, remember that failure isn't final. I remember hearing a story of one person in a huge company losing a million dollars on a deal and immediately was called into the boss's office. He'd he'd figured that he'd be cleaning his desk out shortly after this meeting and then he'd be looking for another job. 
The fact was, this guy lost the money not because he was dumb. It was it, the, the deal just went bad. It just happened. The boss looked at him and told him that he hoped that he had learned a few lessons during this deal. The guy told the boss that he was surprised he wasn't getting fired. <laughs> the boss looked at him and said, I just gave you a million dollar education. Why would I waste the wisdom that you got from that? I think the bottom line is we need to learn from our failures and the no's that we get along the way. You know, I've, I've learned that you can learn almost as much with a no as you can with a yes. What if Boaz said no? That was the risk. But if it was a no, she was given the gift of clarity. That direction with Boaz is not the direction to take. Then she could check out another path. Another path might work out. If, if, her, if Ruth heard a no with Boaz, she would understand it's time to go down another path to find out what she was really looking for. A no for her would have been a gift. If you're looking for a fresh start, a new beginning, getting a no can be hard, can it? Especially when it comes to relationships or a, a new lifestyle. You may have your heart set on something. Maybe you've invested a lot of time into someone or even a project and you get down that path and realize this is a dead end. Don't think of it as a loss. Think of it as a learning experience. You've learned that this is not the path for me. You know what I've come to realize? I would rather our high school students when they graduate from high school and for those who really want to continue their education but just don't know what to do, I'd much rather them go get a four-year degree in something and then maybe realize after four years what they've been studying isn't just for them. I'd much rather them do that than spend the next four years asking endless questions, working endless part-time jobs that are going nowhere, wondering what they should do next. And then they come to the end of that four years, not having any more clarity and being no further down the path than they were when they first graduated high school. Take the door that is open for you. Now, I know, I know that after those four years, you might not be using your degree, but you will know two things. Number one, you have a degree and that's not for you. Clarity is a gift. Maybe you're looking for a new job and you wonder if you should apply for that one that just popped up online. Well, what do you have to lose? Apply for it. A no brings clarity. If you get a no, you'll know that that job isn't right for you now. Keep looking. Keep going down those paths that you think might be what's next for you. You know, I think that this story of fresh start brings God, together God, God's will alongside of our human decisions. And it shows how God is involved in redemptive everyday work. This story shows how God is drawing people back to him through the everyday events of our lives. You might be going through something right now and wonder, where is God? This story tells us that God is at work in our lives even when we don't see it. Or maybe when we don't feel like we're hearing from him. I'm so glad that I serve a God that knows what's best for me. I trust that he is working in the background even when I don't see him. I'm glad to know that sometimes for me to get a fresh start, I've got to take a huge risk. I'm grateful that I, I get the no to many of the questions I ask, and that just gives me clarity. So how is God involved in your ordinary life? Can you see him working? What kind of risks are you taking right now to get that fresh start that you might need in different parts of your lives? How are you learning when you get a no? How are you learning from some of the questions that you ask? Let me pray for you today. Father, we're so grateful for fresh starts. We're grateful for new beginnings. 
And God, I, I pray for those who might be discouraged today, that they just feel like they're getting nowhere. God, I pray that they might be willing to take a big risk and accept that no as just clarity to their situation. So Lord, I don't know what people are facing today, but Lord, I, I pray that you would just be with them, help them with their decisions, help them to be continue to strive for that fresh start that you are asking them to do. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Well, you might be watching today and you might be wondering how to take that next step to follow Jesus, to get that clarity that you might be looking for. Would you contact our office? Just office at clcc.ca and we'll help you with your next steps. Romans chapter eight, verse 38 and 39 says this, for I'm sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Thanks so much for tuning in today. Hope, hopefully we'll see you back here next week. Well, thanks for joining us. If you are looking to get connected, we are one church in multiple locations. Our Alder Grove campus meets at Alder Grove Community Secondary School at 10.30, and our Abbotsford campus has three services at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 on Sundays. We would love to see you at one of our in-person gatherings. And if you would like to financially support us at CLCC, you can always give at clcc.ca slash give. Have a great week.